Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. I'm going to have you turn today to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, and as you're getting there, I'll just remind you, if you don't have a Bible, man, I think it's a great thing to have. You don't have to go out and purchase one. I'm a caveman, so I like paper. I like a real copy. I like to be able to write in it and scribble in it. If you want one, we already bought them. and They're on the high-top tables out in the lobby. You should just grab one on your way out. Just be very careful. Pay attention to which one you get. We have English and Spanish, and so you want to get the right language. Romans chapter 8. And then as you uh, get to that, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to read our primary text this morning. And... Uh, we always stand, if you're new around here, we always stand every Sunday, not because it's right or wrong. So if you go to a church, we went to churches, they don't stand to read it. That's not wrong. It's just what we do. It's one of our traditions, and it's a reminder for us. This isn't just a book written by some good folks. This is the Word of God. God is speaking to a large group of people today in Bloomington. Here's what he has to say, and then we're going to dig into it. So this is Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read a longer passage. I'm going to back up and start in verse 17 just to give you some context. It says this, and since we are his children, since we are God's children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if we're to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Verse 18, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers, we also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For we know his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word. I mean, we've come to worship you really this morning, to worship. That's why we've come. That's why we've gathered, to worship you, to declare your greatness. And now we thank you for your word. And God, this morning, in your word, would you receive even greater worship? So, Lord, speak to us now. Talk to us. What is it you want from us, God? What is it you want us to know? How do you want to reveal yourself? I'm praying that you'll speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. We're grateful for your presence. We welcome it. And we say now, speak, Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You guys could be seated. Well, I'll tell you this again, you know, it's been said over time that the greatest book ever written was the Bible, but this is the greatest book ever written. And many theologians agree that this letter to the Romans is the greatest letter inside the greatest book. And again, many theologians would tell you that chapter eight is perhaps the pinnacle. It's the greatest chapter in the greatest letter ever written in the greatest book. And last week with Dr. Tennyson, you saw week one. And today we're gonna see the the second week of Romans and we're gonna get into it. And it's got some powerful things to say. I would also say this though, and I think this is very interesting, that we read a verse in here that is the most, uh, it's the verse maybe that's most often taken out of context, a misused verse. It's not untrue, it's just misused. And I'll read this to you. This is verse 20. And he has no power. Did you get me? Thank you. Thank you, John. This is verse 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen, this is very true. This verse is true. God causes all things to work together for good. But how many of you just have been one of those times when you're suffering, you're aching, you're hurting, and somebody comes up and says, well, you know, God causes all things to work together. And I'm like, I'm looking to remove some chiclets. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like that? Like, I, like we say that to people like that's not gonna hurt. Because we say to people when they're in this time of great suffering and great pain, and this, this is a, a, a passage in verse, chapter eight where it's gonna talk about us, to, about real hope in suffering. What is suffering, man? Suffering is pain and distress, and it comes in a variety of forms. There are four, four basic types, but there's mental, emotional, there's physical, right, and there's psychological, but those are all areas of great suffering. And the thing you should recognize is this, just so you know, all suffering is the result of sin. Think about this, before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve were in the garden, there's no suffering, nobody cried, nobody agonized. Now sin enters the world in Genesis chapter three, and now we're introduced to pain and we're introduced to suffering. And so really, the question is this, John, if you'll help me this morning, what's my hope? What's my hope? Why would I hang? Here's a a more practical question is this. What can I really hope in? Like, in other words, why should I persevere? Why would I keep going? Things are difficult. Some of you are experiencing it. And we say this all the time, whether it's about pain and suffering or, or trials. Look, man, you either just came out of one, you're smack in the middle one, or you're fixing to go into one. That's just the way life works. It's a cycle of life. I'm not a pessimist but it's just the cycle of life. Life is challenging at times, it's difficult at times. And so the question becomes, what can I hope in? And why would I persevere? Look, one of the number one reasons that people walk away from faith is because of suffering. And a lot of you know this. I was following Jesus, following Jesus, following Jesus. This death happened, right? And, and now I'm mad at God and I walk away. I was following Jesus, following Jesus, following Jesus, went through a divorce and now I'm mad at Jesus and I walk away. Following Jesus, following Jesus, following Jesus, lost my job, lost everything and now I walked away. If God is good, we always say this, right? Why do bad things happen to good people? We're suffering. And so this morning we're gonna look at that. Why would we go on? Why would we persevere? And so to do that, I really wanna start with, let's talk about just real quick, just so we address this just real quick. Let's talk about three myths of suffering. This is myth number one. If we live right, we won't suffer. If I was living right, I wouldn't suffer. The challenge with that is, in Paul's writing, right here in the context of suffering, Paul assumes that suffering is a normal part of life. Look at this, this is chapter uh, eight, verse 17. Since we are his children, we're his heirs. 
In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if we're to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. It's assumed. Suffering is a part of the life. Yes, followers of Jesus for us. Look at this in the the next verse in 18. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. It's assumed. And when you get to verse 20, it says this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Have you ever thought about that? It's just not you and me, it's all creation. In our backyard, when you go out our backyard, it's like, it's like this, it's this flat area, and then it berms up. And along the berm are trees and bushes, right? Kind of like privacy, thing. there's these trees and bushes. Now some of you experienced this in your yards this year. You know where I'm going with this? The snow got so deep, and the rabbits and the moles and the voles had nothing to eat. You know what they started eating? They came to the rich house and they ate all the bark off our trees and bushes. They stripped them all the way up. Guess what? All creation is suffering. All creation. Trees die, plants die, animals die. It's assumed that suffering is just a normal part of life. Here's another one for you. You're just a helpless victim. If I'm suffering, oh, I'm just a victim. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know why we celebrate victimhood today, but we celebrate victimhood. And we're teaching our children, listen to me for a minute, we're teaching our children how to be victims and that they're always a victim. I don't know where this nonsense came from. Man, and maybe now because I'm old enough and I tell kids to get off my yard, now I'm old enough to do this, right? <laughs> But I, I, I do, I look, I don't know what my father said. My father, you know, what his generation said about me, but I'm just like, why, we celebrate, oh, I just, this happened to me, I was just, they were picking on me, they were just, I'll tell you, so listen, just so you know, I, I, I have to be careful when I, when I get off task here, but, but I understand bullying today, I understand bullying. And listen, man, we need to teach kids to be kind and to be respectful and to be compassionate but every time somebody says something mean to them, we're like, oh, I was bullied. I'm like, do you know what third graders do, folks? They bully. I mean, and I'm not saying it's okay. I remember I was in the second grade, and at lunchtime, Chris Williams, I'll, never, I'll always remember this, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Sims and Jeff Williams, man, they jumped on me in the playground and just, poop, 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 you know, just beat me up. And I got home, and I said, pop. Jeff Williams and Chris Sims, they jumped on me today on the playground. They beat me up and he said, buddy, don't let them do that anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying we're not helpless. Yes, listen, I have to be very careful. Some of you have been victims. You have been true victims of some heinous and terrible things. And I'm not laughing at that. And I'm not saying like that doesn't matter. But just because you're suffering, you're not a helpless victim. Actually, the Bible tells us that we're to persevere that we're to stay on task, that we're to stay on mission. Suffering is a part of life. Persevere, right? Here's another one. You'll always get to see a silver lining. That's a myth. That on this, uh, on this planet, in this life, you'll get to see the silver lining. That, that's, that's just not true. Look at verse 18. Look what Paul says in verse 18. Yet, we suffer, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he'll reveal to us when? Later and later might be in the next life. Later might be in the next life. Look, man, when you grow up and you're watching 80s television and you see Dukes of Hazard, right? And you see the A-team, pity the fool, right, A-team? 
And man, because the show is 60 minutes long, there's really only about 50 minutes of television. And within about 45 minutes, you see a terrible thing happen and then you see a resolution. That's not real life. That's not real life. If you were to watch a Hallmark movie, which I don't, I've heard, but I don't watch them. If you were to watch a Hallmark movie and that movie starts at seven o'clock, you already know this, that something bad's gonna happen, but you know at exactly 8.45, they're gonna and then they're gonna get married. And there's a silver lining. You already know that's gonna happen. I mean, don't you? Look, man, when I was a, a sophomore in college, after my sophomore year, 1984, the greatest movie, perhaps, of our era was made, which was, yes, Karate Kid, the original, not the fake one, Karate Kid, the real deal, right? Mr. Miyagi, well, we know that. And so Daniel's son, he's going and he's looking for some kind of, is he gonna work for Miyagi, right? And so Miyagi says, yeah, I'll have you paint this fence. And Daniel's like, and Miyagi's like, I, 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 paint the fence. Remember this, remember what I'm saying, right? And then the next day, Daniel's son comes back and he's all bummed because he's like, oh man, he's, he's, he's like, I, I want to learn some karate today. That's what I want to do. And he's like, oh, Daniel's son, not today. You know, and he's going he's gonna to teach him how to wax, uh, sand, sand the floor. Daniel's son, sand floor. And he's like, sand the floor, sand the floor. And he teaches him how to do that, right? And the next day, he comes back and he's excited because he's going to do karate. Today, I'm going to learn some karate today. And he's like, mm, I'm going to have you wax my car today. Wax your car. Okay, Miyagi, and he kind of, no, 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 Danielson, no. and he's teaching him how to do it the whole time. And finally one day, Danielson comes back and he's ticked at Miyagi, and he's like, when are we gonna learn some karate? And he's all ticked and he's gonna quit. And, Danielson, and uh, Miyagi says, Danielson, show me paint the fence. Paint fence, paint the fence. Remember, you're with me, right? We all remember this? No, okay, it's for me, it's just for me. And then he's like, Danielson, show me a, show me a sand floor. And he's like, sand floor, dai, 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 sand floor. And he does this with his hand. And then he comes back the next day, show, show me a, does that same day, show me a wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And then Miyagi just starts throwing punches, remember? And Danielson just responds, like, hey, hey, whoa, hey, hey, you know, he's, a, and silver lining, all within two hours. That's not life, man. One of the myths of suffering is that you'll see it in this life. I just wanna pop the bubble here. I just, just wanna dispel the myth. You won't always see the resolution in this life. You won't. Some of you, you know, you probably know this story. You know the story of the chirping bird? You know the story, probably? There's a bird, and the bird knows it's supposed to fly south for the winter, right? And so he gets off to a little bit of a late start. And so now it's, it's later in the season and he's flying. And the air is very cold now. The air is very cold because he gets off to a late start. And as he's flying, he starts to feel the air gets colder and he starts to feel his wings, thaw, uh, his wings are starting to freeze up. The feathers are, free, are freezing up. And so pretty soon, his feathers have totally freezed up and he, cr and he crash lands. Right? And so now he's, he's kind of bummed. He's like, I'm never going to get south for the winter. And he's, and he's walking along and he walks right by a cow. And the cow comes and walks right over the top of him and drops a load of manure right on the bird. And now the bird's totally bummed. He says, oh man, not am I only going to not get south over the winter, but I'm going to die here. And not only am I going to die, but I'm going to die all smelly. Well, he walks around just for a little while and he starts to realize the manure's warm and my wings are warming up, and my wings are thawing out. And he realizes now he's gonna be able to get south for the winter, and he's so excited, he starts chirp, 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 bird is just chirping, and the nearby cat heard him, swiped the manure away, ate the bird, <laughs> right? So let me just say this, number one, not everybody who drops manure on your head is your enemy. Number two, not everybody who wipes the manure away is, is your friend. 
And number three, if you're walking along in life and someone drops manure on you, you get manure dropped on you, just stop. Think before you start chirp, chirp, chirping all over the place. Just right, the suffering is a normal part of life. So we're gonna see this from the Apostle Paul. And, and again, we started out with these questions. The question is, what is my hope? In other words, why shouldn't I just give up? Things here are tough. And this is real, like this is real, this is in real time. Because I know some of you, and I know some of your stories. I've suffered myself. I've, I've been in season where I'm like, man, some of you are suffering real issues. I mean, like, this is life and death stuff. You're suffering illness. I know that about some of you. I know your story. You're suffering. Your suffering isn't make-believe. It's not just like, oh, come on, toughen up. It's like, it's a real thing. Some of you are struggling with some real, significant, financial hardship. You're having to make some very difficult conversations. Nobody's patting you on the head, telling you, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Nobody's saying that. Your suffering is real. And so this is in real time this morning. So what would Paul have to say to us? What is my hope? Why shouldn't I just give up? And further, right, number one, well, this is where we'll get to the points. Number one is this. Suffering is, you you need to understand this. Suffering, first and foremost, number one, is about you being more like Jesus. Paul's going to tell us that. Your perspective needs to be appropriate. Suffering, number one, is about making you more like Jesus. Look what he says in verse 28 of that chapter. He says, and we know... We know this, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We've already seen that. That's the verse that we beat people over the head with. But now the very following verse, because we quote this out of context somewhat, look at what he says in the very next verse. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. That suffering first, this this is all in the context of suffering. Right, God chose you and I, to be like him. We're to be like him. That's what he desires. Sometimes we get this and all we pray is, God help me get out of this trouble. God help me get out of this trouble. God help me get out of this trouble. And I'm saying, I think perhaps what we should start praying is instead of God help me to get out of this trouble, God, what do you want me to get out of this trouble? Like that's a prayer. And I know, listen, if you're not suffering, it's easy to say that. When you're suffering, is tough, but that's the appropriate prayer, first and foremost. God, what, what is it you're wanting to get me to get out of this? What, what am I supposed to gain from this suffering? What could I gain out of this trouble? Like, that's your starting prayer, and I think Paul wants to tell us that. Suffering number one is about you and I becoming like Jesus. Some of you are sitting in the middle right now of an opportunity for you to become more Christ-like. Like, that, that, that chance is sitting right in front of you. How do you handle it? What's your perspective? How do you think about it? Because very, very likely, it's an opportunity for you to, to, to become more like Christ. Here's the second thing I think you should know. That your story, get ready for this, your story ends with a new body. Followers of Jesus, I'm talking to you if you're a follower of Jesus. And I, and I, and I know this every week. Some folks come and you're a follower of Jesus. You've been following Jesus for a long time. That you, right? Some of you come and you're like, I'm not following Jesus necessarily. I'm just checking it out. I'm curious. But I want you to know this. If you're a follower of Jesus, your story ends with a brand new body. Think about that just for a minute. It's all gonna end. Look what he says in verse 23. He says, and we believers also groan. Remember we said nature is groaning, my bushes are groaning, right? We believers, we also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, 
as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released. Don't we, don't we long for our bodies just to be released from the sin and suffering? Now watch what he says in the very next verse. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, buckle up, including the new bodies he's promised us. This thing ends with brand new bodies for followers of Christ. Some of you would know the name, especially if you're my age, you would know the name Joni Erickson Tata. She has quite a story. She's a speaker. She's written. She had a diving accident when she was young and she was completely paralyzed. And she's spoken all over the world. And and she talks about being a follower of Christ and how she experiences it. Listen to what she says. When I get to heaven, I'm going to push this wheelchair to the throne of Jesus. Notice she says, I'll be walking I'm going to thank him for every character refining work he did in me and through me because of this wheelchair. And then I'm going to ask Jesus to send this wheelchair straight to hell because it was only needed or relevant because of the wreckage of sin. See, she gets it. She gets it. That this ends with a brand new body. Now, I'm going to tell my story, and I'm a big whiner, so I admit that up front. I'm a big whiner. I've said this before, I'm a, I'm a type one diabetic, right? I've been a diabetic for a long, long, long time, and I hate every piece of it, I hate it. And when I was younger, you know, you're always poking your finger, and, and you're supposed to probably poke six times a day, seven times, I poke at least 12 times a day. I'm always checking, I'm always on it, I pay attention, I, I wanna be careful of how I, how I eat and how I live, right? So I'm always watching that stuff. And so, okay, you're always checking. Well, today, the technology is so significantly different. Today, technology is so significantly different, so today, I have a chip, I wear a chip somewhere, and then it communicates with an app on my phone. I never poke my finger. Again, I, I never poke my finger. I don't check. And so on my, on my app, on this phone, uh, what it does is it has, it has different levels, and you set what are your limits, and then it has different alarms that go off. It's got all five different alarms. My wife probably is sick of all of them, and she's probably memorized all of them. One alarm tells you you're going up. One alarm tells you you're too high. One alarm tells you you're going down too fast. It tells you you're, you're low. It tells you you're dangerously low. It has a sound where if the chip isn't communicating with the phone anymore, you'll, you, you'll hear this in the service. You'll hear it every once in a while. It's like, it's like, that's what it is. And this thing, I'm grateful for the technology, but there are times when it drives me cuckoo because I'm tired of hearing it. And there's days when I can't keep blood sugar down and I always hear the high sound and it drives me crazy and I lose my marbles over it. And then I stop and think this. Think about this. When I get to heaven, that thing's gonna be quiet. And I say, praise God for that. And some of you got way big, I'm a whiner. I mean, I'm the first, I'm the biggest whiner. Some of you got like real hardcore stuff going on. I mean, I know your stories. I know, I know what's going on in some of your lives. Daryl, brother, you're an encouragement to me. Lisa, you're an encouragement to me. And I know a little bit about what you guys are going through and you have encouraged me. And I think, man, those two do it. I'm a big baby. And someday when we get out of here, folks, we're all getting a new body. We're getting brand new bodies to the glory of God. And so some of you are there. Some of you there, you need to know this, man. This thing ends with a new body. You want to know how do I hold on? Why do I hold on? Why, do, why wouldn't I just throw in, in my faith? Why would I even think about becoming a follower of Jesus if they suffer too? Listen to me. This thing ends with brand new bodies, right? Here's the third thing Paul's trying to tell us. In the meantime, in the meantime, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. Now, don't, don't, don't brush this one off. Listen, man, this is big stuff. This is big stuff. Look what Paul says here. He says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. How's that? Well, for example, 
We don't know what God wants us to pray for. You ever been there, you're struggling, you're suffering, someone you know very closely is struggling or they're suffering, you're like, I don't even know what to ask for. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say here, God. Oh, here's the good news. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. Now, some folks who are Pentecostals, we're a Pentecostal church, man, we believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. This is not tongues. I don't believe for a second this is tongues. I think this speaks of emotion. I think the Holy Spirit goes and intercedes for you with emotion, with feeling. Now, the Holy Spirit has all the wisdom because he's God and he, he, he talks directly to God. But the Holy Spirit feels you. The Holy Spirit feels what you're feeling. The Holy Spirit is with you. Are you suffering right now? You ain't suffering alone. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you're suffering and he's feeling it. And he goes to the Father and he groans with pain for you. You remember, when, uh, you remember when Jesus, Lazarus just died? Some of you would know the story. Lazarus was a very close friend of Jesus, and Lazarus died, and Lazarus had two sisters, and their names were Mary and Martha, and they said, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You gotta come down here. And Jesus takes his time, takes his time, and when he gets there, Lazarus is dead, and now Jesus goes to the tomb, and the sisters are crying, man, and they're weeping, and Jesus goes, and what does he do? It says, if you're gonna memorize Bible verses, this is the one you want. Jesus wept. Now think about this for just a second. Why did he weep? He knew what he was gonna do. He knew very surely he was gonna raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew, why would he weep? He knows we're all gonna celebrate. He knows this brother's coming back to life. I'll tell you why he wept. I feel what you feel. I'm with you. I understand you. I get you. Are you struggling? I get that. Are you hurting? I get it. Are you suffering? I feel it too. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes to the Father and groans for us. I, I take great comfort just in knowing that. The Holy Spirit is part of the triune God is groaning for us in our suffering. Here's number four. What God starts, he finishes with glory. Now, I would just say this, man. Sometimes I can blah, blah, blah and just ramble on. If I've lost you, just dial in for a second because we're talking about suffering, why would I go on? What do I hope in? Well, what's the point? What's the point? Why don't I just throw it in? If we're gonna suffer like everybody else, listen. What God starts, he finishes with glory. For God knew his people in advance, and God chose. How does it feel right now to be chosen? Now you say, well, I don't don't know if I was chosen. I'm gonna tell you how you know if you're chosen, because you've given your life to Christ. If you gave your life to Christ, you were chosen. And it says, he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Paul continues. And he says, and having chosen them, he then called them. If you're a follower of Jesus today, it's because God chose you. Some of you are in this room and you say, but you know, I'm not a follower of Christ. And I would say, not yet. I think some of you God has chosen. I think God is calling you. I think you haven't surrendered your life yet. I think that's a possibility. He says he called them to come to him and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. That's what Paul talks about over and over in Romans. That's what we've called this study. Made right with God, made right. You're right with God. You're you're, you're good with God, it's good. There's There's no animosity. 
You receive forgiveness because you surrendered your life to Christ. And then Paul finishes and says this, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What does that, what does that mean? What are we talking about? This is heaven. This is heaven. This is heaven that someday we go to heaven. Now listen, heaven is awesome because of where we go, but here's the problem with heaven sometimes. We limit our thinking in heaven. I'm just gonna be flying around, I'm gonna be able to fly, I'm gonna see grandma, uh, I'm gonna go interview Paul, maybe I'll get to Adam and Eve and ask them why they ever ate. I'm gonna get to talk to Daniel, was in the lion's den. We think that's the limit of heaven. And I would say, no, remember this, remember this. This is what happens in heaven, you ready? You and I, followers of Jesus, we actually become like Jesus. Now, listen, just so we're clear on this, this ain't some Eastern cultish thing. You don't become a god. Here's one thing I know, I'm not God. The other thing I know is none of you are either. I know that, we're not God. But the Bible says very clearly that we will become like him. Look what the scripture says. This is John writing. He says, dear friends, we're already God's children. If, you've, if you're a follower of Christ, you're already God's child. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. And then he goes on and says this. But we do know this. We do know this. We do know that we'll be like him. For we'll see him as he really is. Remember this, Paul talking to the Corinthian church? You might remember this. Paul says, what we see now, we see in a mirror dimly. We see in a mirror dimly because you know that in that era where they were writing, mirrors were just some form of a polished metal. It was just some, so he says, we see in a mirror like dimly, but then we'll see him face to face. And because we see Christ face to face, we will be like him. Like, what is it that we, what is it that we, that, that just keeps us going? Why do we persevere? Why do we hold up under suffering? Why don't we just throw it in? Why don't we just toss it in? Why don't we just say enough of this? We're gonna suffer like everybody else is gonna suffer. Why don't, why don't we? I wanna give you something just to hold on to this morning. If you're new here, we always do a big so what at the end, which means sleep all you want, but at the end for the big so what, that's what you gotta go home with, so wake up for that. Here's your big so what today. Heaven isn't just about where you'll someday go. It's about what you'll someday be. Man, if you're suffering, hang in there. Hang in there. Persevere. Stay on task. Persevere. Because someday there's glory waiting for followers of Jesus. And it's not just a place we're going to go. It's about who we're going to be someday. That promise is out there for followers of Christ. Some of you in the room, I'm talking to you right now, some of you in this room, you're suffering. You may not want to talk about it out loud, but, but if we were alone, you would say, brother, I'm suffering right now, and it's been hard. And some of you, I'm assuming, because this is the course of life, some of you are ready to pack it in. And I'm saying, oh, no, 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 no. There's glory waiting for you. There's glory waiting for you. It's not only that you will go to heaven, it's about what you'll become when you get to heaven. I'm saying if that's you this morning and you're suffering, the Holy Spirit feels you. He's groaning on behalf of the Father. He, he's groaning to the Father. The Holy Spirit is feeling you. I'm saying that we're gonna get out of here someday and we're gonna have new bodies. We're gonna have brand new bodies. Just hang in there. Fight the good fight. Finish the race persevere. I'm saying, I'm saying that, that 
that this is an opportunity for you to become more and more like Christ. Don't throw in the towel, man. I know it's difficult. I know it's tough. You just hang in there. You persevere. Glory waits. Now, let me just say this to a second group. Because there's a second group in here, and you say, well, right now, I'm, I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering. Remember this, suffering comes. Keep this in mind. But I would also say this, very likely you're walking alongside someone who is suffering. Like, that's very likely. And, and some of you, you're walking along someone who's, who's suffering and they're not in the room. But you know they're suffering. Listen, don't, 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 don't do this like I do, because I'm a guy. I, I do like guys do. I always want to fix everything. I got to stop doing that, right? Am I right? You got to stop fixing everything. Can, can you just, can you just, be the ear for them, man. Can you be the ear for them? Can, can you show compassion? Can you just listen? Can you be a sounding board? Now my, one, a very good friend of mine, Luke, I just, I have said this before, I just know that I went through a season of life and I just know that every time Luke saw me, he'd see me coming, he's like, here comes Neil. Uh, but he always turned around and walked back to me. And there are times I sat with Luke and all I did was cry. That, that's all I did, I just cried. And I know he got sick of it. And it has such an impact if you'll just be there, if you'll just be there for folks. And so my, my encouragement today is just hang in there. Hang in there, hang in there. Glory will come for followers of Christ.